So joining me today, I have three very special guests here. We have Julia, who's an alumni of the film and television program here at Sheridan College, also an ex-SSU employee. Welcome back, Julia. It's good to be back. I've been exactly gone for five months, and I just can't stop coming back. I just drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Can't stay away. Uh, we have Milan, who is joining us for her first year in social service work. Milan is also an employee of the SSU. You can find her in our marketing and promo department. Shout out to promo. Hi, Milan. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming. And finally, we have Keith, who is an alumni of McMaster. Hi. Thank you so much, Keith, for coming out and, and coming all this way to speak on our podcast. No problem. So I have gathered these lovely folks together in a room because we all have some stories to tell. And some of us have been admitted to various mental health facilities for mental health concerns in our life. And this is such a huge topic here at Sheridan, especially with our focus on wellness. I thought it would be great for us to dive in and have a big discussion on everything to do with what it is like to be on the inside. Of the hospital. Of the hospital. But also <laughs> our minds. Because <laughs> they are ill. The following podcast is an open discussion on the topics of mental health, medication, depression, anger, and suicide. This content may contain sensitive themes that some listeners may find disturbing. Please listen with discretion. If you find this content upsetting, please know that you can contact your counseling center at extensions 2557 or visit your Center for Student Success on campus. You can also call Empower Me at toll-free number 1-844-741-6389. So, well then, how do we get started? Do you guys want to talk a little bit about your overview? Or how did you get uh, a minute? Or actually, let's start with, how about we start with, how are you all doing today? <laughs> uh, better than last year, for sure. Uh, last year was my fourth year of uh school um and you know today i'm doing i'm doing good fantastic i love it milan what about yourself i'm doing pretty good today um i made sure i took my medication which is very vital for me so i'm pretty proud of myself for doing that not forgetting <laughs> nice <laughs> keith yeah no today's been pretty good the uh weather is a little dreary but other than that it's it's okay yeah it's okay just okay. All right. Well, so all of us, including myself, have had some experience in varying forms of what it's like to be hospitalized for, for various mental health. Um, so who would, does anyone like to go first? They're looking at this up. Julia's like, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, do it. Yeah, Julia. Because uh, I thought we were going to start off. Like, I don't know why you're just like, let's list all of our mental illnesses. Let's <laughs> just And like, I was just like, oh, geez. Oh, I don't have a paper like, for that. That's quite a list. Uh, it was funny. Today, I was actually talking about it. Uh, I always say that, like, God gave me uh, so, man so much mental illness so someone <laughs> else somewhere doesn't have it. I think the same thing. I got Aww. so much of it. Right? <laughs> Um, so I can even just say like kind of what I have like experience with. I mean, uh, when I was younger, uh, and even now I have uh, ADHD, mm -hmm. uh, and I had a learning disability, uh, you know, in high school, all they called it was like IEP and I just like had memory issues. Um, so like, it wasn't like specified, but, uh, then later on, you know, I found out I got, uh, that good social anxiety. Uh, I got that good depression. That good depression. And it's funny because, like, for mental illnesses, they have, like, they kind of branches, right? So, like, with your anxiety, you might experience OCD uh, symptoms, right? So, like, we're not 100% sure of, like, what I have because I just don't got that time to see that doctor about it. But, like, uh, I know for uh, for uh, sure, like, anxiety and, you know, depression has uh, affected my life for that. But For sure. And I, I can relate to that a lot. Milan, yeah. did you want to chime in? Sure. So... 
For me, I've always been turbulent, especially as a child. I would just cry a lot, and that was my go-to for everything. And I was known as like the crybaby at school, and I would Relatable. often get teased about it. Yeah. So、um, it wasn't until I was like 13 years old. So 13 years going on with all these mental illnesses that I finally got diagnosed with depression. Um, it was major depressive disorder specifically, so very intense. And then quickly got on medication.、Uh, a few years later down the road, it was discovered that I also have PTSD and、mm-hmm. I also have borderline personality disorder, which sort of sounds scary because you're like personality borderline, whoa. But really, it's more so of a disorder that just shows that you just have a hard time regulating emotions. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Kind of have issues, kind of with like kind of social、uh, and like relationships. Yeah. I've seen, but it's not like this overtaking of like you know like that movie like Split when they're just like he has a million personalities. Yeah. You're like. No, no, no! I got no. like one, but like it messed up. <laughs> but I go through extremes. What about Keith? Well, I I think it's um I'm a little bit complicated because <laughs> <laughs> your Facebook status complicated. complicated.、Yeah. Um. Well, I've been diagnosed with、uh, bipolar two, um, primarily. So what is bipolar two? So the sequel. Bipolar two. <laughs> bipolar two. Right, exactly. Um, it's when you kind of you know go between manic、uh, episodes as well as、uh, major depressive episodes.、Um, I also deal with ADHD as well as、um, you know a bunch of other anxiety and things like that. We are ticking、um, all the boxes. Super here, fun stuff. Super heavily <laughs> medicated right now,、uh, which you know it's it's for the better I think. Um, really came well. My medication and my help with my、um, psychiatrist really came about after、um, one one of my attempted suicides. So,、oh, yeah. did you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Was that what led you to to being hospitalized? Um, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I got other issues. I got that led me no, to that. That's a long、uh, story. No, that that um that episode was、uh, pretty difficult.、Um, it was just I was. Kind of, you know, on Ativan, which is a not a well, it's a fun drug, but <laughs> you should not have too much fun with it. And、uh, just just one night, just、uh, not feeling that great, and just being on a bunch of Ativan, and、um, you know, going into the bathtub and just kind of like kind of wishing they just kind of fall asleep, you know. So, well, I think we've all been there at some point in our lives. I'm.、Um, Could you tell us about how it was that you got hospitalized? How did that end up? Like, there sounds、sure. like there's a story there. There's just there's a lot of stories. <laughs>、um, well, the first time I got hospitalized was when I had a,、um, I guess, a dissociative episode, and、um, ended up taking my car、um, really to find a place to. This so this this is going to make me sound like a terrible person, but really to take my car and and find a way to kill myself.、Um, And fortunately, like I was kind of battling it at the time, deciding you know what to do, and、um, and knowing that I was going to be found by police sooner or later.、Um, later, I found out that Peel and Halton Region were looking for me、uh, via my cell phone, which, ironically, because of the episode I was in, I was actually like turning on and off and deleting pictures of people that I cared about because I was afraid that aliens would come and. You know, take them. It was really, really strange. Aliens were gonna come and take 
your friends and family? Yes. Interesting. Um, it's like you don't like. There's a part where like you don't make fun of it because you're like, oh my god, in the situation, yeah, like that's that's real. But then you like really look back and like I know with my like episodes where I'm just like, dang, girl, you crazy. What's going on? <laughs> they those kids that made fun of you, you they right. Crazy. It's true. You know, like there's nothing like being in a quarry, which is where I ended up. In at. a quarry? Where do you even find a quarry? In a fourth line. When you're depressed, you just smell it out. Somewhere around there. Um, they actually ended up coming in like three SUVs and it was like a big swarm of police and they ended up handcuffing me and throwing me into Halton Region Hospital uh, where I spent the night basically was the first time. Wow. Milan, did you have such a violent entry into the mental health system? First of all, I just want to say I really like that because uh, they show up in like three SUVs <laughs> as if they're just like, it's illegal to be sad. We're going to get you. Like, you know, like they're swatting down. Like we're taking thing. you we're to like, sad jail. We're taking you to sad jail. And it's just like therapy. <laughs> like it's not like good therapy. It's just like, like, okay, therapy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, when I was there, I, I was with a lot of other people with similar disorders. Mm. And uh, it was really interesting to just talk to them and realize that you're not alone in this. You know, it was it was really neat and very comforting. I think we should come back sorry, to that. Sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so I've been hospitalized a total of four times, if I remember correctly. It's sort of hard to remember when you dissociate so often yeah. <laughs> on a daily basis. So... Um, yeah, my first time, all of them have been voluntary. Okay. So it was like a form one or a form four. I don't remember the name, but it basically says that you're kept there for 24 hours, I believe. No, 72 hours. Yes, 72 hours. So they have to keep you there legally for three days until you get, while you're getting assessed. And then they'll release you if they deem you safe enough to go home. So my first time was at North York General Hospital, and I was, like, prepared for this. It was like I was going on a camping trip. (laughs) I, like, packed my bags. I packed my toothbrush, my pillow, all my clothes and everything. And I was like, I'm ready. They're going to admit me. I just know it. (laughs) So I went into the ER and got triaged and everything like that. And then eventually i just wound up in the adolescent psychiatric ward because i believe i was around 15 at the time Mm -hmm. and then um it was really interesting because out of all the patients there i was the only one that was voluntary and i was the only one that was actually like yeah like therapy let's go (laughs) (laughs) um i was really excited for it because i was like i'm gonna finally get the help that i need uh, I just wanted to get better and I knew something was wrong from the get-go when I was like in grade three and I was like something's not right um, I need to get help and it wasn't it wasn't easy to come to that point it was really difficult and it wasn't until my online friend at the time who was much older he was like an older brother in a way he was like hey Milan like I think something's wrong. You seem to have really similar symptoms that I had when I was depressed in high school, and I'm really worried about you. So he was like, I really want you to go get it checked out. And me being young and someone being older than me, I was just like, yeah, you know what? Like, he's older, he's wiser, he's probably right. So it wasn't until my actual older brother became my biggest advocate, and he took me out of my abusive home when I was 13, and basically had me come live with him in Toronto from Windsor, oh, four-hour wow. drive. Wow. Yeah. Dang. So 
uh, honestly, my healing journey all really started with my oldest brother and his wife, in my opinion. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I think the support that we get from our family members and our friends can be incredibly impactful. I'm just going to chime in here a little yeah. bit because my my story is very similar to yours where I was actually feeling, I was feeling so bad. Like I was at work and I was traveling on a go bus and I was going to the Eaton Center to work. And the whole time I was on the bus, I was like, everything sucks. Everything's the worst. Because when you're in those kind of states. You're in the go train. Oh, yeah. And when you're in the go bus, you're you're like, everything's the worst. (laughs) Um, But yes, when when you're feeling really down, like everything is the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. Like people are like, oh, it's not too bad. Like, well, it is because I'm miserable. Yeah. And I worked the whole shift. And the whole time I was like, this really sucks. And I remember at the end of the day, I'm catching the subway home and I was like I just want to jump in front of the subway car and I was just like I want to do that and there was something in the back of my mind that pinged I was like that's not a normal thought you probably should talk to somebody about that so I got off the subway and I went downtown to Cam H which is the center for addiction and mental health and they they're they're pretty big they well they specialize in in addiction and mental health so i was like i'm just gonna walk through their doors and i did and it was the weirdest experience ever because there were people that were there that were way more in need of help than i was but i waltzed in off the street in my work outfit i had absolutely nothing and i was like i need help and the guy took me into a room triaged me took away my phone took away my shoelaces took away anything oh, for a second, i forgot what we were talking about i'm like why did they take your shoelaces they took my <laughs> shoelaces <laughs> oh. and then i'm like oh wait yeah oh yes mental health facility they take away everything that you could potentially hurt yourself with and that mm. that literally everything um and then the guy was like are you okay and i broke down on the chair and i was like i'm not eating and he's like here's a sandwich Aww. i feel better i think we should keep you and i was like i think you should keep me as well like, is it like one of those like egg and cheese sandwiches it was but it was it was like cheese sandwich. <laughs> how did you know like hospital food so they gave me a sandwich and it took me like three hours to eat it and they they put me in like a holding waiting room when everything around me was like glass and there was all these offices that were locked and you couldn't go through the doors and you couldn't unlock the door by yourself. You need to have like permission from the nurse who's behind the, the glass with like a, a button, I guess. And then you answer her riddles. <laughs> and then she gives you the key and you move on to the next therapist. And it goes like that. That's insane that like, you know, they just, they just don't like bring you to office be like, are you like okay? Like with just like a normal couch and just like normal lights and anything. They're just like, welcome to glass prison for your emotions. Let's play a game. Yeah. Do like, you want to play a game? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. And, yes, and, I then got admitted to a bed where they didn't have a bed for me at Cam H, which I was quite happy for because there was someone walking the halls just screaming the top, like, at the top of their lungs, and I did not need that. Um, and they sent me to Mount Sinai, and I spent two weeks in Mount Sinai, which is quite interesting. How about you, Julia? Oh, it's just like, you're, yeah. you're just like, I got to admit it. Anyways, that was over anyway, to me, Julia. Anyway, we'll, we'll come back to me. Um, so I have had, like, uh, the most dangerous part of all this is like I've had suicidal thoughts and since I was like you know um, a teenager like early like preteen not even like teen uh, but I've had that and I've never like ever made it like really official I kind of said like okay well I'm gonna go to you know the therapist for anxiety but I'm not gonna say this because then they'll tell my parents and at the time I didn't know how my parents would like take it 
So like I never I was getting therapy, but like I was never I was still like holding back. I was just like, okay, we'll talk about this, but you can't talk about this. Mm -hmm. And that's not really how therapy should be. Um, But the first time I actually ever went to the hospital out of all of these years that I felt like these such dangerous thoughts was last year. Uh, I was in my fourth year of film and television and uh, we had worked. It was like, I think near like November, December and I was working on this, like, my thesis project, was, which was an esports broadcast, television, a uh, big whole thing. Uh, and it was, like, our biggest project. It was the only TV uh, project. And on the top of that, I was dealing with a teacher that wasn't that great. He was new and just the projects. He wasn't, he wasn't the most, you know, best with that. Uh, you know, accessible learning here. They kind of let me down in that fact that I was just like, I need help with this. And, you know, I didn't really get the help that I needed. And it just all came like crumbling down. I was in an apartment where like, so I have a thing with like bugs. Um, and like, so. <laughs> Me too. And like, uh, but I'm going to starve myself <laughs> if I see a spider. It doesn't even have to be in the kitchen. I just saw a spider outside and be like, I can't eat. That spider's <laughs> going to find me. Uh, but my apartment, it wasn't the cleanest place. We had like, like ants. We had like black sludgy, like uh, things coming from our garbage. And I just remember like not eating. And I remember... I was up that night and I was just like writing a script that I needed to because every single week that you need to like uh, for a thesis that you need to like update when you're writing. And as a writer, you are the only person like this project cannot move unless you write. Mm -hmm. So like this whole thing was like on me. And then uh, I was just like, I can't go to school tomorrow. Like I can't. It was like 1 a.m. I was like, that's how I was doing my project, which was just like waiting at night to do them. And I was like, I can't. I can't. So I called my partner and I was like, I just can you just take me to the hospital? I need an excuse to get out of class. Right. Right. And so I was just like, I, I, I need to go. And so it was kind of like this calm, like kind of thing. I did pack a bag too, but like, really, I was just like, uh, I was like, I started packing books and like pens and I was just like, oh, they probably won't let me keep pens. And yeah. I was just like, Ooh, should I bring this and that? Like, I didn't know what to kind of pack for. I was looking online. I was just like, what to pack for before you go to the hospital and you're admitted? <laughs> like, WikiHow? Like, they're like, that like this, like, this high level, like, I need help. But first, I need to do my like, research. <laughs> like, BuzzFeed, like, 10 top things to bring to uh, the hospital before you get admitted. Like, it was kind of like that, where I was just like, I don't really know. And so uh, my girlfriend showed up in my apartment and we drove to the Credit Valley Hospital. And I was just like, okay let's just she's like okay i'll come with you to the emergency and you know you get there and the nurse is there she's like all right what's the problem and i was just like uh mm, uh and she's obviously like come on we got we got like a full emergency here i'm like i, I wanted to die <laughs> I-, I was i was suicidal and she goes oh all right honey like it was actually really great because i you know also too i read like the uh google reviews and i was just like oh my god everyone hates hospitals they're gonna treat me so bad because you hear those horror stories right and you're like oh my god like i don't belong here i'm not gonna do it and then she kind of goes okay thank you like i'm glad you're here uh oh that's and nice she takes us to the waiting room right and um i thought we were gonna be there for hours hours i thought and uh it was funny because at one point there was like a crying baby beside us, like having a cold, like there's people like not dying, but like definitely sick. And uh, the nurse goes to me like, oh, uh, Julia. And I go and I stand up. She's like, oh, sorry, we, we made a mistake. Um, but you're don't worry. We put you at the top of the list. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, OK. And like I turn around and like this like mom carrying like this toddler that always has like a cold. It's just like looking at me like, <laughs> why are you getting the top of the list? And at that point, mind you, I was like not crying. I was actually making jokes. Humor is my way out of things like especially like i could literally be dying and i'd be like whoa what's up with gunshot wounds huh am i right (laughs) fellas like i'd be making jokes 
but anyways, I got to the nurses and like normally I kind of got pushed around to a lot of people. But the one thing I remember is that every single person I saw started with after I was like, oh, I, I'm here for this reason. They were like, I'm really glad you're here. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Right. Every single one. Like they weren't talking to each other. Like every single person I got to and I was just like, oh, thank you. And then it's really funny when they come to like the drugs. Like, do you drink an alcohol? I'm like, no, I'm a good girl. I'm a good person. <laughs> yep. like, I, I don't do any of yep. those. And like, are you sure? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm kind of a loser. I don't got no friends to do that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so then they brought us to, uh, it was a room that was just kind of like, just like, almost just like, it was an office, a waiting room. And it was just me and my partner. And we saw a lot of people just kind of come and go. There was one guy that like, was like trying to comfort me, but I'm kind of a weird person to comfort. So like, you, you come over to me and you put your hand on my shoulder. And I'm just like, I forget about my depression. I'm just like, wait, what? like what are you doing you're just like i don't like this why are you touching me yeah i'm like this is not how you comfort just like get away from me be like you good and i'm like yeah i'm good but i wasn't good um so but anyways i stayed there and i was like i don't know what's gonna happen and my partner didn't know what's gonna happen she had been there before but she didn't know what was gonna specifically happen to me and then i got released after like four hours oh wow and you know they had said like okay well like do you think you're you know gonna do anything i said like well no you know i feel like once i told people i can't do it in secret anymore so the secret's out like you know like so uh but after that they were like okay so this is the programs you're gonna admit and the doctor had asked me well like what are you gonna do now and i was like oh i don't know like do you think you could write me a note that i don't have to go to school this week (laughs) i was like yeah you shouldn't go to school this week do you need like three weeks i'm like no it's kind of a busy time like we need our thesis and he goes all right i'll write you a note and so he wrote me at like uh they had this thing like a note i said like emergency she cannot go to school for seven days and i sent that to all the people and that felt really good because i was just like what are you gonna do gonna tell me i can't come to school now for this stupid film project i got you everyone was very lovely to the fact and i had a weird week off to kind of like a long story short after that i was then put into different um uh, i was given a psychiatrist in the mental health uh, section of a trillium or no yeah credit valley i think uh and i was uh i had like appointments every uh every other like week uh with the same psychiatrist i also saw a social worker who like was trying to teach me stuff i like she was like okay this is how you like breathe and i'm just like i know how to breathe Oh, the breathing act, no. the box yeah. breathing? Yes, the yeah. box breathing, I love that. Do you? Yes. Do you find that it was helpful? I did. Uh, <laughs> but those you know, thoughts were getting more and more, and I was just like, what, what's the plan? Because I had actually gone to a hospital before, and I was just like, put me in a program, please. Obviously, I'm sick, and just there was no follow-up. It'd right. always be nothing, and that's what was really frustrating, where I was just, at this point, the psychiatrist, I was just like, just please put me in a program. Please give me a psychiatrist. Please, I just want to do something. I just need something, uh, which they did. Thank goodness, you know, uh, at that point after the, um, so I didn't go to anything during the uh, school year. I finished my school year. I got my degree. Congratulations. Uh, with a um, mm-hmm. sub-degree in SAD. Uh, with depression i was like hell yeah i got that so i got a degree with a side of depression yeah um and then i had actually uh the beginning of the summer i started a 10-week uh anxiety and depression program uh with the hospital which was uh iop uh intensive outpatient program where basically it was like three days a week um for two hours and they would uh like have different classes like mindfulness cpt uh uh distress tolerance and that kind of stuff and it was it was a group setting which i really think helped me and so i actually 
got that and it was 10 weeks and it was just like oh i feel like really like finally i'm at this point where i'm like i got help and like now i feel like i'm not only on the road to recovery i'm near the end because recovery never ends but you know you get out of that the thought of i'm not sick anymore Mm -hmm. i'm sick i know i'm still always gonna have anxiety and depression but i'm not bad anymore I'm in a good place. That's fantastic to hear. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I just told my whole story about my whole hospital <laughs> trip. Uh, but yeah. I love that. I love that. And it's great because the those outpatient programs, what actually disappoints me is the fact that we have to scream for it and ask for it and mm-hmm. be like, I'm at the point of my life where I'm in the hospital in emergency and I've got so low to be put in a program like yeah right just like therapy can only get you so though therapy does help but it can only get you so far and right. there, there are these intervention um methods did you have any experience with yeah so these sort of programs right i've done like i think it was like three months for a dbt program so what's what's dbt dialectical behavior therapy oh wow so uh i believe dialectical means the notion that you can't believe two unseemingly different things can exist at the same time. So the easiest way for me to explain this is when I was living with my brother, it would be like a black or white zone. There would be no gray zone. And basically I would think, he's mad at me. He must hate me. I can't think, he's mad at me, but he still loves me because he's my brother. Mm -hmm. So that's the whole uh, thing with dialecticals. And... um, what it started off with was I tried uh, cognitive behavior therapy first, and I actually absolutely hated it. I hated it too. Yeah. <laughs> I hated that they were just like, so here's the triangle of things that works, and if you change one thing, everything else will change. And I'm like, I've been thinking uh, this way for 13 years. That, How do you expect me to change something the, like that? The diamond where it's like body, behavior, mood, yes. and thoughts, and they're just like, they're all connected. I'm like, I know that, but un- like, they're tangled up. Like, <laughs> my body can the thoughts, my thoughts are my mood. Like, I don't know what's going on. Exactly. So I was just like, this isn't working, and I, like, Looked at my psychologist. Actually, no, I was too scared to look at her. I, was just, <laughs> I went to the reception. I'm like, I don't really like my psychologist. What do I do? <laughs> like, I don't want to talk to her no more. She just makes me relapse all the time. And then they're like, okay, this is an issue. And then um, I sort of just stopped going and avoided all my appointments. I continued going to my psychiatry appointments because I found those helpful. And then it was just a year later, I got hospitalized in a different hospital and then got started with a new psychiatrist and a new psychologist. And the whole system of having to go over it again and telling somebody like all my issues and problems just was so exhausting and then finally they're like we think you need dbt program because it's very obvious you have borderline personality disorder and the big thing with that is the way to think about borderline personality disorder is sort of like the bipolar express. <laughs> Man, the sequel to Polar Express. <laughs> you got bipolar 2 and then the Bi- bipolar yeah. express. I love these movies. So <laughs> it's basically um, your mood swings happen very rapidly. So almost similar to bipolar fast rapid cycling where you will switch between manic and depressive whereas bipolar doesn't really have the manic part but it does have like the depressive the high moments and then just being angry and everything in between and away from it so it's a whole bunch of things um 
And the big thing with uh, BPD, bipolar, uh, not bipolar, sorry, borderline, it gets confusing How sometimes. How dare you mix up your mental illnesses? <laughs> <laughs> um, is that a really key symptom and uh, of it is abandonment issues. Mm. So uh, I developed my abandonment issues when I was just six years old. Oh, my, my goodness. dad moved out and my oldest brother moved out. So I was like what father figure do I have to look to? Because my only father figure wasn't exactly the best. And then the next person in line was my brother, who was 18. But then, oh, he's gone too. And then it was just my brother, other brother, who was like 16 at the time. So he stepped up and he took on the role of being like the main male caregiver for me. And it's made me like appreciate him so much in a different way than my older brother. Um... Just, like, he's been there. He definitely puts, like, family first all the time. And you can see that. Just the way he carries himself. He's like, oh, you need me to do something? I will make sure I'm there for you. That's so nice. Yeah. What a great brother you have. It is. It's great for someone to, like, put that first. Because, like, you don't really... I know for family, like, sometimes it's, like, they don't really understand how important that is. And, like, how much, like, just showing up is there. Like, that could really help. Like, I know when I was coming out uh, to my family... Uh, you know, before that, I was so terrified, not because of what they would do, just because I was like, oh, I held the secret and I didn't know what to do. And my brother, who I, you know, we're the kind of siblings that fought, right? But then as we got older, we're just like, well, obviously, we're not going to like push each other. Uh, but he was just like, do you like girls one day? And I was just <laughs> like, um, what if I said yes? He'd be like, that's, that's fine. And it's I was like, just I like, just oh, wanted good. to know. <laughs> and then like it was like really awkward. Then he was just like, no, like he really supported me to, you know, uh, tell my parents. And like they don't they don't know like how important that is to be like to have someone there in your family to be like, yeah, do it. Like, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, sure for you. Keith, you've had uh, you've got a very supportive sister, don't you? Yes. So my sister is actually a pediatric infectious disease specialist which is really long for she takes <laughs> care of kids with infectious diseases, I guess. Um, but she's um, she's been really good as a um, second opinion for a lot of things. Um, with in my case, obviously, you know, with the um, interactions with the police and things like that, like there was no hiding what I was going through. Um, my mom, I know she, uh, at one point, she, she got a list from the internet, believe it or not, on all the things that you have to suicide-proof your house with. So instead of, like, child-proofing, yeah. your house was suicide-proof. <laughs> suicide-proof. But, like, the same, like, you're, like, getting corners of things. So they're like, it's sharp, yeah. it's a weapon. Yeah, she hit all she hit, hit all the knives. Um, she took the drain plugs out of all, like, the toilet, all the bathtubs so you, you couldn't fill the bathtub. You know, what about like, my bath bombs? Wait, wait. <laughs> bath bombs, mom. There's no, there's, there's no fun. There's no fun when you're there's depressed. No fun, there's, there's no, no fun in my house. Um, but no, my family's been really great. Um, my mom, I joke about it, but like she's kind of like my nurse in a way. Like she's, uh, she, you know, she reminds me to take my meds and all that stuff, and she's always like super supportive. My dad, you know, he's he he's kind of like the old fashioned kind of like male figure. It's kind of like, well, you know, get over it. Like they don't not, really understand what it means when you say like, "Oh, well, I'm mentally ill," and they're just like, "Well, you know, buck up, kid. Everything's the, gonna be the fine." The irony, though, is that I think my dad's probably bipolar, which is like, you know, when I think back about how he raised me and 
you know, like uh, the situations and my family and stuff like that. Like it was definitely, I feel like he probably could use some help. <laughs> probably, yeah. but sometimes it, just saying I need help is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Yeah. And also parents, like, you know, when you go in, like doctors would be like, do you have a family history of it? And I'm like, Italians and Portuguese? No, of course they're not going <laughs> to tell you about it. Are you kidding me? It's like we sweep that under the rug. I'm yep. like, uh, European families, like, oh my God, like, probably, like, yeah, but like, on the record, no, we don't have it. I'm just like, I can't be, there's no way I am the only one out of the whole generation of Italians that, you know, in my family to have mental illness. No way. There's no way. Hi. So, um, like Keith was saying, how he felt Keith, right? <laughs> just making yeah. sure. Um, yeah, just we're sharing just our secrets. Making just making sure. sure we all know each other's <laughs> names. <laughs> um, that his dad uh, seemed to have bipolar too, so that would just have you be predisposed to it, right? Um, for me, it was very similar. My my family is Vietnamese, so my family came during the Vietnam War or afterwards, actually, and my parents were boat people. They were boat people, yes. boat people. Boat. So, <laughs> so literally, they escaped the country by boat and went to Malaysia to a refugee camp. Wow. Um, they told me the story where there was three boats in totals. Theirs was in the middle, and the two other ones actually got gunned down, and they were the only ones that survived. And my mom was like, "God's hand was on me through that whole trip." Wow. Yeah, that's there's some PTSD there for, for sure. sure. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Oh my goodness. So I'm like, I can definitely tell that my parents have definitely have their fair share of PTSD, probably depression as well from leaving their family, the only ones in their family leaving Vietnam. And just like, it must have been so horrible for them, but they just don't get it still, even though they experience the same thing because they were also taught um just sweep it under the rug it's the dark family secret that we all share but no one talks about it and this is why we're talking about it today yeah. we have a range of experiences in this room so we have some voluntary admissions with the far as keith you had involuntary keith you had involuntary admission um what was that like like how did it feel to be held like almost like against your will in sad jail in sad jail, like arrested well, for being sad. I mean, I wouldn't say arrested. I, I used the term apprehended because I didn't commit a crime. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's, 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 <laughs> that's okay. Um, actually, I mean, you know, the first time obviously was um, with the car incident and all that. And, uh, you know, you get handcuffs slapped on you. And they, at that point, you put it, you know, you're, you're cuffed behind your back. So, you know, you did something wrong. The, uh, the no one's ever been cuffed behind their back and been like, I deserve exactly. this. <laughs> I'm like, thank you for this award. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's really uncomfortable. And, you know, they shove you in the back of the, uh, the, the cruiser and it's not, it's not fun. The, uh, the second time uh, was uh, really interesting. I was feeling really depressed and uh, I was talking to one of my friends and, uh, you know, I'd said a couple of things that really alarmed that, uh, that person. And, um, you know, next thing I knew, um, police just burst into my room, like oh. my house. So they called um, a wellness check on you. They did. Um, but and also, that's terrifying. You're <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm definitely really, not well I'm after in, this. I'm in my boxers, you know, like <laughs> literally half naked. 
And they, being depressed. But you know what? They own. cuffed me from the front. So it was good. It was okay. <laughs> this you're time. Like, you get just like covering yourself. You're just like, <laughs> you're not wearing clothes. You're just like, officer, um, I'm sad, but like, can I have like pants? <laughs> like, I would love some pants right now. You know what would make me less depressed? A pants. shirt. <laughs> exactly, right? So, uh, yeah, so they, they take you to the, the, um, the hospital. And then it's the same thing. I think it's a Form 1 um, yeah. that you talked about. And um, I think it was within like 48 hours I was out. So it was okay. But then they put me into the same program uh, we talked about. The IOP, but you did the... I did, yeah, like a slightly different one. It was a little bit um, longer. I think it was uh, 10 weeks and it was 9 to 2 p.m. five days a week. Yeah, because when I did it, were, there were three types. It's the five-day a week that I can't remember what, uh, like POP or something. And then there's the three-day a week, which is the IOP. And there's one day a week. Uh, which was another one that I was just like, no. Nah. Therapy light. Yeah, it's just like the like <laughs> app version of just like, yeah, we'll talk a little bit, but not too much. Yeah. I, I actually found the best part of that program being the uh, the group therapy sessions where we would actually sit around a circle and we would actually talk about what happened during the week to us. Oh, and how the we goal felt. setting. I don't, I don't know if it's a goal setting or it's it's review. just it's just, every, like, just yeah. it's just open session basically it's like it's, a, it's like in the movies with those it's like a AA meeting in the movies you know where <laughs> everyone sits around and everyone's got like a stick and you you get a chance to talk about how you feel that week and um, hi Keith like, yeah, my name's, I, my Keith. name's I'm Keith depressed. I'm depressed and I felt like <laughs> um it it was really really good actually it was yeah. super supportive and like like I said it's a lot of it it's you know you feel like you're kind of alone in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And um, with these programs and, uh, and the help that you get and stuff like that, it's like you don't feel so alone after a while. And that actually helps the depression quite a bit. I like, uh, no, that's actually the exact same kind of experience and the I had from it, which was that it was the three, day of, uh, three days a week for like two hours in the morning. And it was in a group setting, which is like about 10 people. And we had like on a range of people, males, females, old, young, like a lot more of seniors. And I was really surprised because obviously you don't really see, you know, a lot of seniors uh, thinking like, oh, I should get into this. But they were. And you make connections with people like I've made like friends, you know, I uh, it was really great for me because, you know, like, I don't know about you guys, but like depression makes me feel like I should be edgy. <laughs> like I should act like I'm alone. Like I try to be an alcoholic, but I'm like, oh, I don't like that. So I went through my whole high school phase wearing a giant spiky dog collar and so much black makeup and i was like i am so edgy and cool and i'm like the cool chick and it was really i think just a cover right for me just being like i'm miserable so i'm gonna wear it on the outside but it's like you watch tv and you're like well depressed people drink so i should drink (laughs) and i was just like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do that i'm gonna drink and then i was like well i don't really actually like the taste of like beer wine (laughs) whatever so i'm just like looks like i can't be an alcoholic yeah i mean you know like just about the whole drinking and and all that stuff that's that's sort of like where you know i kind of went to as well like for a little bit it was a lot of um you know abusing the out of van especially and then then for a while it was the alcohol because it was readily available can get out of anywhere so yeah you know you got to go for the uh for the and you think Jesus about it, you're stuff. like, you watch TV and you're like, this is what people do to cope. So it must work, right? It and kind that, of does, actually. <laughs> no, we are not promoting that on this team. <laughs> we don't really, it's like, it's in that moment where you're just looking but for any kind of relief. It's a relief. And it's, yeah, it's, it's not, not healthy. It's, it's not, not healthy at all. No. It's a short-term relief, but it doesn't help in the long term. It of just like not. damages you more. And so when I was in that, uh, like that group, like I was 
meeting people and I was talking with people. And so, so the first week I didn't like talk. I did not want to talk. I was like, oh, I'm depressed. So I should be like, I should hate it here. Like, you know, like kids, like, like in movies, they're like, oh, then my dad put me in therapy and like, it sucks. I'm a rebel. And I'm like, I'm thinking like that, but I'm like, no one made me go. I chose to go here. I'm like, like in my uh, uh, interview of the orientation, I was just like, I would really love to be here. I really want help. <laughs> and like, so for the first couple of weeks, I wasn't talking. And uh, in the middle of the week, uh, the social worker that I was assigned to, she had said like, Julia, can I talk with you after class? And I'm like, oh no. I'm in trouble. And uh, it was funny when I told her, and she's like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. And I'm just like, girl, this is an anxiety group. You should know that you shouldn't say that to someone. <laughs> like, I got to talk to you after class. Um, but I did. And uh, she basically sat me down. And I thought because I had missed three of the uh, sessions, she was like, she's going to kick me out. Like, I'm, I'm gone. Oh, yeah. She had sat me down and she had just said, are you like liking the program? Like, kind of like a nervous, like insecure person. Like, are you okay? like, do you like this? And so I was just like, yeah, no, I love it. And she was just like, we just kind of got to talking a bit about more about myself. And she was just like, yeah, you should talk more. You have a lot of good things to say. And then after, like, I think like it was week five and afterwards, I just could not stop talking. And it really made a difference, not in only my life, because I like I like making people laugh. I like when I get in a room and I'm making people laugh. It like gets me, you know, to a higher place. And so uh, I remember my last week, a lot of people were just like, Honestly, because in the beginning of the week, you have to rate your mood like mm -hmm. out of 10. You're just like 10 out of 10 would recommend. Uh, yes. But you're like you rate your mood like, oh, are you this and that? And uh, when I was leaving, a girl was just like, uh, you know, they're like, OK, what's your mood? She's like, uh, I've scratched it out like so many times because I was so, you know, feeling so low when I got here. But then Julia was making jokes and making us laugh. And so I keep getting higher. And I was just like, oh, I didn't realize I affected people that much with my like my stupid jokes. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Now I'm like, I'm like sitting there. I was just like, what do I do? I'm like, I did a good thing. <laughs> Yay. And for everyone else, there's medication. Yes. At least for yeah. me. Good old medication. Yes. People either just, people have very, very strong reactions about medication. Like they either like really good or really bad. I've never met someone go, ah, I can. Yeah, I could take it or leave it. I've never met anyone that's just like, ah, eh, whatever. I definitely need my drugs. Like, I would not be the same person without... I'm pretty sure that I, I just wouldn't be alive for various medical reasons that I have. But also, like, I have... I've been on... Um, I remember the first time I ever had antidepressants, I was 14. Mm -hmm. And they put me on Prozac. Oh. Good old Prozac. Yeah, yeah. You yes. can tell when someone says something, everyone's like, ah, oh, uh, yeah. Yes. I love when I talk with people just with like, mental illness because they're just like, ah, oh, yeah, I know that too. <laughs> I've been on that one. I, I became a zombie. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, zombie. And then um, when I did get hospitalized, I was, I was in Mount Sinai for two weeks. And that, I believe, was mostly because we had a bunch of cases come in of, like, I don't even know what issues the other patients were facing with. But the psych that was assigned to my unit was very preoccupied with other people. And I was like, hi, can I go home now? I think I'm better. And I want to leave because this girl won't stop playing the piano down the hall from my room. It's creeping me oh, out. Like, oh, 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 man. Yeah, good times. But they, they also tried me on a, a bunch of different drugs. They put me on antipsychotic for the first time in my life, which um, affected me interestingly. I was like, for the first time, I, I rage through stuff. 
I was just like, oh, I hate this. And I like threw, st- like, there's not a lot of things to throw when you're in a mental facility. <laughs> just so throw like, my blanket. Thing. It's my lunch tray. I'm just like, I'm going to take out my anger on this one thing you've given me. It's like when you slam the door, but it's those doors that like slowly shut. So you're like, yep. the effect wasn't there. I hate this. <laughs> now I'm more angry. Just like, ah. So yes, that was... That was fun, but they did eventually settle me on stuff that has really been helping. And I, I can't thank my medical team enough for helping me find that middle ground of, of, you know, that happy medium of like not being over medicated, but, but having that little bit has been very helpful. So for me, I've also tried Prozac and same thing, felt like a zombie. And it was actually funny because you think antidepressants, obviously not gonna have you be depressed anymore but for the first two weeks i was extremely suicidal oh wow and it was just like why is this a symptom it's actually a symptom that when you start you will be suicidal uh it's very common and so for that i got like uh hospitalized like two weeks after my (laughs) hospital uh first admission and they're like you're back and i'm like i'm back (laughs) oh yes remember me i was depressed (laughs) now i'm mega depressed (laughs) and they're like well you make our job easier because you're the only one that is very voluntary and actually wants to get help and i was like yeah i'm the worst yeah. at that because i'm someone who does like praise so like i could just be in there just like are you depressed i'm like no i'm not and they're just like oh that's so great i'm like i'm such a good story for like <laughs> them to talk about i'm like no but i'm still depressed yeah but then i got off of prozac after like my third hospitalization i got into another antidepressant called um zoloft oh, oh. Zoloft. yes and then- like, oh, stop. <laughs> like we just like Mm, yeah, I've had that. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like a gourmet dish or something. <laughs> like, like a type of like, you're like Avan, Zoloft, Prozac, Wellbutrin. Oh, oh I've done Wellbutrin. What about Ciprolex? Ciprolex actually is great. I can't. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I have like such a bad memory that I can't remember my medication. So I'm just like I call them anti-sads because I'm like that's like better than like antidepressant. Yeah, anti-sad, anti-sad. But yeah, so I've. I'm doing Zoloft currently and I got paired with a mood stabilizer called it's running from my mind Apivol? Ad, not Ativan, uh, Abilify. Oh, Abilify, that's the yeah. one that made me angry. <laughs> what if you can't yeah. remember it? Everyone's just like, that oh, this one or this one? Super mad. We're like, oh, wait, this one. No, wait, this one. We're going to go through the list <laughs> so of medications sad. that I've been on. We're like pharmacists. Yeah. We're just like so sad. We're just like, you can tell the people who have had that. Mm exquisite depression when they're just like let me let you the list of things i've tried oh don't try that that's a rookie mistake (laughs) you're like what it's like hello i am a pseudo psychiatrist how can i help you today you're like a senior but for like sadness Um, but well, well, I'm happy to hear the meds are working. Yes, they are. And then there's like several other ones for sleeping as well. I actually got some for night terrors and some for actually just helping me. Can fall you asleep. describe night terrors? So night terrors, um, they weren't that intense for me. They're more so just like really intense nightmares. Um, but I still got prescribed uh, medication for night terrors specifically. But night terrors are basically when you have a nightmare and you just can't wake up from them. Oh my goodness gracious. And you're just stuck in this like unending cycle of just whatever horror you're facing in your nightmare. And it's just horrible. That sounds like a lot of fun. 
<laughs> you're just like sad during the day and then you're like, just oh, like oh it's a nightmare a night. relief because listen when i go to nighttime i just want to be unconscious <laughs> unconscious is my happy place i just want to go and you're like oh no i have to deal with issues here <laughs> it's like oh my core beliefs are showing up in my nightmares <laughs> as well this is amazing you're like i love to meet you nice to meet you my core beliefs <laughs> oh Oh, good times. Oh, can we talk about weight gain, though? And, oh, my oh goodness. My God. Oh. I, I think I put on about 30 pounds. I definitely put on a good, like, 10 to 15. Yeah, just just on my happy squishes. I'm fatter when I'm happier. <laughs> and when I'm miserable, I get real skinny. Yeah, same. <laughs> I don't the new fad diet. Be depressed. Be depressed. Just be sad. <laughs> no, I had, it was really funny. I got, because uh, the two I'm on, uh, she was just like, so the first one, the antidepressant is, uh, she's like, oh, it's going to cut back your diet. I'm like, oh, dang. Okay, well, I'll do this. The other one's going to add on to your diet. So I'm like, I'm really hoping in my body, my body's probably really confused. So it's just like, they are we hungry? In the middle and they balance it out and we're just perfect, right? Because that's how this works. <laughs> and I just like, I want to go in my body. I'm like, can you not just, just be hungry when you're hungry? Like, can we just, like, chill out and just be normal for one second? It's just, like, you want food only at 1 a.m. Oh, my God. So there's a good question. How has the, the weight gain associated with the antidepressants affected your depression? It, I, I don't know. It's kind of, like, it definitely affects your self-image, I think. Um, and, you know, late, lately for me, it's sort of, like, you know, I want to, I usually used to, I used to hit the gym, you know, four days a week and used to be in great shape. And then, you know, being over spiridone especially is um, a big weight gainer. And so being out of shape and, you know, not feeling your best isn't the best situation to be in. <laughs> so right? It's like, are the you, meds you helping? At, yeah, I mean, they're helping in a way that it's like, it's, it's, it's a really funny situation to be in because you are feeling okay and yet you can't feel sad you know you like you, you almost lose this ability to feel sad and for yourself in some ways so it's it's so it's a bizarre feeling of like lack of like empathy for yourself and it's interesting because there's a lot of people out there that would be like oh my god that sounds like the best thing ever i just don't want to feel sad anymore and uh you know sometimes that can push meds can push you a little bit too much into that unfeeling Category. Yeah, and so I've been. I've, I'm actually on like a um, path of trying to get off my meds. That's great, because yeah. sometimes these are temporary things. For some people, your medication is a is a means to an end. So it's a temporary thing. They don't have to be permanent. They don't have to be long term. Obviously, that is something that you would talk to with your doctor and your primary care physician. So for anyone listening, yes, don't just randomly decide this. But you know, there are programs where maybe you only need it for six months. Maybe you only need to be on it for a year, and then when you're ready you can make those steps on your own. So that's really exciting that you're starting to, to take that journey. Yeah, I'm trying to. I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous. I feel like like one of the seniors with my blister pack of medication every day, you know. <laughs> you know the blister pack you get from shoppers? Yes. Yeah. 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 We're like, like, yeah, yeah, we, like, we got oh. that. Well, yeah. now, like, so, uh, I mean, uh, do you want to take a shot and, like, seeing, trying to say these names? Oh, oh, acetylopram? Yes, I know that one. Yeah, so I take two medications And right I now. don't know what that other one is. Quit. quit. Quetiapine? Yeah. Quetiapine, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I take that one. We're going to start a new segment be like, can you name like yeah. the first like letters of this? And you get to like have like, oh, it's this. Uh, so I, it was funny because when I was. Is this uh, a drug? Is this drug name made up or real? We can make oh. a song, the A disease of, uh, of anti-antidepressants. Of 
And everyone's just like, whoa, that's a lot. And you're like, I tried them all. And, you know, this one makes me feel this. So it was funny. When I first tried, um, when I first in high school, it was almost just like this quick fix because I had never done anything. So I was doing therapy. I'm a really big advocate between uh, doing therapy and medication. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I had a lot of people being like, don't take medication. Medication means this and that, right? But I was saying, okay, like when I go to therapy, I'm, I'm trying, right, to do things that like are better for my emotional uh, health wise. But there's a chemical imbalance that I cannot control. I cannot go into my brain and be like, fix this. So the medication helped me. So when I first had it, it was great. It was amazing. It worked so perfectly. The therapy, the, the medication I had was great. And then I went off of it because, you know, with the, my doctor saying like, okay, well, maybe we can try getting off of it. And then I was just like, I got sad again. Big shocker. Spoiler alert. I got sad. The sads came back. Uh, and so I tried a bunch of different ones that just destroyed my stomach. Ooh. Like, it made me feel so sick. And I thought, like, after the first week, you could, like, get past it because that's some of the, uh, like, ramifications. Like, oh, you, you'll get sick, right? Uh, but it just didn't work. But now I'm happily on a antipresent. I, as we said, the names, I can't even, like, go into it. And, uh, and I'm also taking a sleeping pill because I've always had that trouble where, like, I just... I just wasn't sleeping. I was napping for like, essentially, like when you talk about sleeping, like just like you get eight, nine hours. Right. But for me, I was just taking naps and I was exhausted with it. Right. And so now this helps me just get asleep enough, which is great. And so I've been having this and it's been amazing. I'm actually now off. Like I don't have the therapy right now and I only have my medication and it's been working wonderfully because I don't need the emotional support as much as I did before. And now the medication helps me just like balance it. So I'm a really big advocate for just trying different things. And medication has been like a huge thing for me. Super <laughs> jealous that you get sleeping meds. I'm not allowed <laughs> sleeping meds. So. Ah, I'm not as sad as you. I get sleeping meds. <laughs> just like she is trusted. I do not get my Zoplicone or whatever. And uh, actually, it's kind of funny. So I did try. I, I have this new one for my ADHD because for the first time in my life, since I was young, someone believed that I have ADHD. Except my girlfriend. My girlfriend 100% believes it because she goes to dinner with me. Well, she lives with you. Yeah, right? no. Well, so lives around you. Lives around, like, is in my life. And she, <laughs> every time we go to dinner, I, she's like, come here. Like, look at me. Like, I'm, like, watching. I'm, like, thinking about different things. But now uh, the therapist, and it was kind of funny when you say, like, oh, they'll let you have it. Because uh, she gave me a lot because I said, oh, my insurance runs out because I'm not a student anymore. She's like, normally I wouldn't give anyone this amount, but like, I trust you. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it's like that praising thing that you're like, yeah, they can yes, trust me. Yeah. I can have all this medication. <laughs> um, but it, it's kind of funny. I have like a little funny for, uh, story for that because it's, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's definitely to help me like focus and it helps completely. But the first day I took it, it was like taking like the best medication of your life like i have never felt so productive and like i like had this energy that was i never had again it looked tampered down right because i had, I had the same experience the first time i got put on an adhd med which was exactly what i needed i Vi remember Vans. no it wasn't five minutes but no. it's five minutes is great so is i've been there would it, recommend yeah <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. ask your doctor <laughs> um i was reading an article for school and I actually read the whole article without all tabbing once. And I was like, oh, I got to the end of the article. And I didn't look at another page. And that was the first time I remember ever doing that. When I took that pill, I like, so I called Haley. And I was just like, for the first time, someone spoke to me. And it went into my head. <laughs> and I just heard them. And I was just like, they weren't saying anything like that interesting. It was like CBT. And I was just like, 
yeah uh-huh uh-huh Mm -hmm. and i remember i called her and i was just like oh my god you're gonna hate the energy that i have right now it's so high and it's so much and i'm like i'm gonna write every single news article that i have to do at work i'm gonna drive from caledon to you know mississauga twice today just for the fun of it like it was insane and it was great and so now it's tampered off and i don't want to do that but uh now i'm focusing more so i'm now i'm like this huge supporter of like oh these meds have helped me in a way that like i don't know i can't go to therapy and like fix that part of me but these medications definitely help me focus more it just sucks that like it didn't happen in school right after i get to school where i really need to pay attention I'm just like yeah i have these focus meds and i'm like i don't have to focus on anything right now it's like well i think it's really important to realize that when you start your medication journey it's not going to be a shoe that's a one-size-fits-all it is a journey and there's steps to it and it doesn't always it's not always linear it's going to be up and down uh left or right and just all over the place so it's really important to know that if you're starting medication that you just need to keep trying and don't like dismay and don't feel discouraged just know that this is part of your healing journey and your healing process and it's a process it's okay and just take your time with it I mean, look at, like, how many medications we all know between, like, the four <laughs> of us. Like, obviously, like, you've tried, we've tried so many different things. And so it's like, many. It's like therapists. It's like, you know, like, when people say, like, oh, I tried therapy once when I was a kid and I hated it. No, you have to try a couple of therapists on for size. My, my, yeah. my family doctor is fantastic. And she's like, give each therapist, like, three sessions. If you don't love them after three sessions... If you don't Because the first one, them. the first one's always a little awkward where they're like, oh, you're a stranger and I don't really want to talk to you. You're and telling I- them your origin story. <laughs> every time I go and I'm just like, because I've had so many doctor's appointments where I have to go and like introduce myself. I'm just like, so this is my origin my story. My origin story. <laughs> my, fam- my, my parents didn't die in an alley, but like, you know, I'm just really sad sometimes. <laughs> yes. Um, for reasons such as that, give them three sessions, three sessions. And if you, you're not vibing give it up find a new person because yeah don't don't just hang around with some therapist that you hate because you'll never go to therapy exactly and then you have this like bad like what i've been really working on so my for my last year when i was awareness coordinator for the ssu what the biggest thing i was advocating for was you know trying different things and right now because of sheridan and like the counseling the counseling is short-term but we know that mental illness isn't short-term so it's about looking at different things to go to and it's about like oh what kind of options do you have and we do have some options uh in the stu- in you know in the in the school with the student union as, as well as with the college but uh some external ones as well right yeah for sure um i think maybe we should start with the what's in the school so if you go to the student care center at your designated campus then you'll be able to talk to a customer service representative and they will uh, set up an appointment with you with a social worker. I believe most of the counselors are registered social workers. Uh, that is their credentials. And um, then you just do an intake appointment and it's simple and easy like that. They don't ask you for any more information, uh, just your student card and that's it. So it's very accessible, very easy. Um, I'm currently doing counseling with Uh, the student care center at Sheridan Davis and I'm really enjoying it so far Ed is amazing so thank you for sharing (laughs) and then we also have empower me which is a fairly new um, phone service that the SU has got as part of your part of your health and dental plan Um, so you can actually call into this 
at any time of day. They have it in multiple languages. So if you want to speak to somebody in, in a, you know, a language that's not English, um, Empower Me does have a bunch of services and support available. And this can be anything from, you know, relationship to, to moods. You can talk about financial troubles. They, they really have specialists for everything. I'm going to give you the phone number since I have it right here in front of me. So if you are listening to this right now and you want to give Empower Me a call, it's one 741 6389 And that's a toll-free number and they are available 24-7. Wow. I think uh, another good resource that's offered by the Sheridan Student Union, if you played for your ancillary and your SSCU student health and dental plan, uh, one of the cover... One of the things they cover is a psychologist, clinical counselor, and masters of social work. So they will uh, cover you 60% per visit up to $500. So if you're looking for very specific treatments such as dialectical behavior therapy, schema therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and you feel like talk therapy, which is generally what the student care center offers, then this is a good resource to have and to go to. Fantastic. So we also have options for external partners because we know that sometimes the you know it doesn't work out. Maybe you can't get into someone at the college, or you just don't want to. Um, Julia, you had some some resources to to offer there, right? Yeah. So there's a really cool program. Uh, it's called One Link, and uh, sometimes like doctors have heard of it, sometimes people haven't. So what it is is that uh, you go online and you look up uh, One Link, and it says so one contract, one intake conversation, the right care, One Link. That's their logline. Uh, is a single point access for referrals to 10 addiction and mental health service providers funded by the Mississauga Halton Local Health Network. So really what it is is that you go online and there's like different programs that you can like look at. So I did one with uh, mental illness and uh, I think at that time it was maybe for adolescents or just young adults. And you choose one and you and your doctor fill it out together and the doctor sends it into the hospital and then they do uh, an intake uh, session with you and then they help you get into the program that you need. So instead of like being like, oh my gosh, I don't know what program to take. I don't know what's going to be good for me. You talk with the hospital and they help you find the one that's right for you. And that was kind of the some of the way I went through uh, with mine. That I found that program that was 10 weeks, by the way, free, which was really free great. Free is good. Uh, which is really important so that if you didn't want to necessarily be at the school, because I know sometimes with boundaries, you should be making it with like the school and you know, having it on the outside, having kind of a safe space to go. The hospitals are really good with programs like they have those and really uh the people i worked with the group setting is just the social workers are amazing they've been doing it for years and just they work so hard and they're just sitting there just be like oh i just want to help you guys and that that's uh the really great experience that i had with that so definitely check out one link and you know just talk with your doctor about it thank you so much for sharing any final thoughts no i think this has been uh this has been great and i think everyone here has been through a lot obviously and Hopefully anyone that's listening out there, you know, like definitely make that first step. Um, it's not as terrifying as it feels sometimes, I think. Um, but there's a lot of resources, both internally and externally. And, um, you know, just, uh, yeah, feel good, I guess. Feel good. Good luck with that. It's uh, <laughs> one thing I'm just, you know, uh, you, you hear a lot of people and then you think like, oh, I listened to a podcast and I think I'm okay now. Uh, please go speak to your doctor about it. Uh, everything we talked about is kind of just like our experience with it. And I think that's very powerful because you listen to people who, you know, they're going through the exact same thing. And the jokes that we made today, they're, you know, people who are going through it are probably laughing too. Be like, ah, oh, I get that. And uh, and I always said, because I remember uh, doing the mental health, uh, movies for mental health event uh, last year when I was awareness coordinator. 
And one of the things I talked about in my story is that, you know, going through all of that recovery, going through all of those appointments, all those doctors, like it was really annoying because imagine like you're depressed and you don't want to go places, but you're like, I have to drudge myself to the hospital, pay, you know, the $8 fee to park there. I have $8? To go what hospital were you at? It's like 25 bucks. Yeah. Like it's like <laughs> insane, right? And you're like, oh, I'm wasting money on this. I have to do this. Like there's a lot of things against you. But I tell people with everything that I've done, I would do it a thousand more times to feel the way I do now than the way I felt last year. It has been drastically changed or even just a little bit. Like I haven't done anything that was like major. I didn't you know travel the world like eat, pray, love. Like I didn't like go through like these like changes. I just went and got help and I would never regret that. I would do it a thousand times over. And what a beautiful thought that is. So this has been a really, really long episode, but if you've made it all the way to the end, I want to say thank you so much for listening. Please tune in again to hear all the tea with your Vice P, and hopefully we'll see you soon. <laughs>